welcome to the Harvest Seymour podcast. Come check us out and see how God is moving in this community. If you would like to know more, check out our Facebook page, or you can visit us at hcfseymour.org. Have a wonderful day. So we've been in a series called Above the Chaos and Into the Kingdom, and and we've been talking about what it actually takes to rise above the chaos. And so the title of today's sermon is The High Ground. And what we're going to start off with is in 1 Samuel 14, we're going to see an amazing act of courage by Jonathan. So if you'll start with me here, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by few or by many. So, this, so his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Let's pray. Lord, I ask God right now, that the unfolding of your word and the voice of your spirit, Lord, would be resounding through this hillside today. Lord, that your unshakable word, God, would go out, Father, from this place to the hilltops, to, to the homes and houses all over the place. That as we declare your gospel and your kingdom, God, Lord, that hearts would be opened and ready to receive all that you have for us. God, establish us today in your word and in your truth. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. For the past 2,000 years, in military combat, whichever force has the high ground has all the advantage. The high ground meaning the high elevation, a fortified position, heavy weaponry. Low ground, therefore, is exposed and vulnerable. In World War II, the beaches of Normandy were the high ground for the Nazi army. Allied forces knew that they had to take that high ground. They knew if they were to take that high ground on the beaches of Normandy, that they knew that it was the beginning of the end of the Nazi terror. The Allied forces needed faith and courage to take that high ground to overcome that demonic horde that the Nazi party was. Today we are gathered right now on a hillside. We have the literal high ground right now. As you look out across this area, you can see down to the valley where, where Seymour Creek runs. But here's the thing. Faith is not limited by high or low ground position in the natural. Faith does, is not limited by the natural. Faith breaks through barriers that are impossible. Faith moves mountains. Faith moves barriers. Faith overcomes. Faith is the currency of the kingdom. Faith moves the demonic stronghold. Amen? So the big idea this morning is this. Faith is the high ground of the kingdom of God. It's not about natural positions. It's not about statistics. It's not about any of that. Faith 
is the high ground of the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you today that today's word is not just another sermon about faith. It's not just another sermon about don't, you, don't be afraid. This is about the confrontation of faith. This is about our faith being so resolute, saying that the enemy will not take what belongs to us. This is the confrontation of faith. Are you hearing me today? We can't have passive faith today. By the way, I don't think faith is passive. Faith is meant to be, in many ways, confrontational. And so faith is the high ground of the kingdom. And so our story here begins, actually, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. But our story begins in chapter 13. And kind of the context of this story, where it all began, is the three Philistine companies, three companies of their army, had encamped against Israel and fortified themselves against them. Economically, the Philistines controlled all the iron. If Israel wanted iron, they had to get it from the Philistines. As a result, the only thing Philistines would ever sell to Israel were farming tools. And not only that, if they needed their farming tools maintained, if they needed them sharpened, if they needed help with their farm tools, guess what they had to do? They had to go see the Philistines about that. And guess what else they did? Charged high prices. And but here's the next thing about this. No one in Israel had iron for weapons except the elite. And we pick this up right here in 1 Samuel 13, 22. Let me just read it to you. So it came about on the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. This was a two-sword army. Count it, one, two. Right? This is a two-sword army. And so here's the deal. The Philistines, they had economic resource, they had the high ground resource, and they had the physical high ground. They were actually situated on two cliffs. Now check this out in verse 1 of 1 Samuel 14. Now it happened one day that Jonathan the son of Saul said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. So Jonathan was ready to go pick a fight. Right? Verse 4. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was called Bozes, and the name of the other was Sena. The front of one faced northward opposite Michmash, and the other uh, southward opposite Gibeah. And so whenever it says a sharp rock, so i got two towers over here. So here's a tower. This is going to be Bozes right here. And this is Sena right over here. And so whenever it talks about sharp rocks, what it's actually saying is that they're actually situated between two cliffs. One was Bozes and the other was Sena. Now, how many of you understand that there is nothing accidental in Scripture? 
that every word is loaded with wealth and insight, right? And prophetic meaning. The, word, the name Bozes, and so this is Bozes right here, not Bozo, but Bozes right here. It, it means bleached white and shining. So when, when, cloth is, when cloth is bleached white, that means all stain, all color has been removed, and it's shining. And it has the appearance of being flawless. What this speaks to me is the facts. The facts are pure. They're black and white, and it shines like truth. And the Philistines are encamped on this high ground. You can't ignore the facts, but facts are a real high ground. They, it was, they were positioned where the high ground is facts. And it's a fact that the Philistines controlled commerce, a fact that they overcharged. It was a fact that their military had all the power. Facts are not evil. They're just facts. But it's when they intimidate us, when they back us into a corner that lead us away from God's plan, that's when things don't go well. Amen? Facts are not evil. They're not to be ignored. And often God has wisdom there in the facts. Can I just tell you today, many are proclaiming facts today about COVID-19, but all of these facts, just tuning in, don't create clarity. They're creating confusion. By the way, who is behind confusion? Right? The enemy is utilizing facts at this point in time to create confusion in the body of Christ. Amen? And, that, and I feel like that that's actually a word for many of us. Don't buy into the confusion. Don't buy into the confusion. Because I'm telling you, there is a place that facts can't take you. There is a place of overcoming that facts can't lead you to. And besides, facts never win anything from God. It says clearly in, in Hebrews 11 that the way we receive rewards in the kingdom of God, the way we receive from the Father is by faith. Are you tracking today? Then there is this other cliff called Senna. Here's old Senna right here. Senna, the literal meaning of that was thorn bush. Thorns represent cares and anxieties of the world. Thorns represent spiritual and physical affliction. Y'all remember when Paul had the thorn in his side, that affliction, that, that, that's, that was a part of that thorn. And how many of you remember that Jesus was crowned with a crown of thorns, Right? That was a picture of the mockery of the world. And so Santa represents this spirit of fear. It's the anxieties of life. It's the things that afflict you, the things that torment you. It can be disease. It can be all kinds of things. It's the mockery of the world that entangles us. And that spirit is vying for the right to make all decisions and to destroy faith. 
That spirit of fear wants you to bow down to that high ground. But you know what? Here's Johnny. Jonathan is not bowing down to any of that. He and his armor bearer are about to climb the cliff of facts and fear and take on the enemy. Something in him says, I'm going to take on the facts. I know I'm outnumbered. I know I only have one sword right now. But one sword was ready to go. One sword was ready to face the enemy. One sword. And facts will never produce courage, only comfort at best. Some of the most courageous moments in human history is when people faced fear, overcame all the odds, and did something unimaginable. And by the way, that hero, great hero John Wayne says this, courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyways. So faith is the high ground of the kingdom. Faith is what we labor to hold on to. Now let's go back here to verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. I want you to notice this about Jonathan. No prophet came to him. He didn't even pray. He didn't, there's nothing to represent the fact that he heard God's voice or to have some sort of encounter. But I want you to know he's acting in faith. Aaron, my wife, she's currently doing a study on the four prophetic personality types that you see in Scripture. The first one being seers. Then there's hearers, feelers, and knowers. Seers, they're visionary. They see down the road. They got a big vision. This is like Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. And if you're a seer, here's what you know. God gives them prophetic insight, and they'll say a lot of times, the Lord showed me. Then you got hearers. This is like the prophet Samuel. He could, he could hear the Lord call him early in his life as, as, as a boy. He could hear the whisper of the Lord. And, and see, if you're a hearer today, their inner man is tuned in to the Lord and they hear the whisper. They say, the Lord told me. And then you got feelers. This is like Jeremiah the prophet. He, he was known as the weeping prophet. He cried about everything. He was an, so feelers are emotional, and what they do is they grab the heart of God, they emotionally process, and they'll say, I feel the Lord say. And many times they're the most misunderstood. Then there's this other group called the knowers. And they just know. How do you know? I just know. They're intuitive. They may not even know how they know, but they just know. And what happens is with the knowers, they pull on their history with God, and in their gut, they just know this is right. I happen to be married to a knower. And she, there's this intuitive, they just know. And here's the thing, knowers many, time, many times can feel judged because people don't view them as being spiritual. 
Because they haven't heard, they haven't saw, they haven't felt. But they are. And here's the thing. I've learned over the years to trust my wife when she knows, she knows. And all the husbands said, amen. And so right here, Jonathan is a knower. And a matter of fact, many leaders in all, throughout Scripture are in fact knowers. They just know. And Jonathan says, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. He just knows the Lord can do it. He pulls on his history with God, his family, his family history with God. And he says, God has done it before and he'll do it again. He makes a bold declaration about the Lord's character. You see, today our faith must be rooted in the character of Christ. That He saves. That He delivers. And you know how we can know that He saves and delivers? Because He's done it before and He's going to do it again. You know how we know that He's going to heal? You know how we know He's going to restore? Do you know how we know He's going to put the nation back on a path? Because He's done it before and He's going to do it again. We can pull on that history of Him moving in our behalf and the nation's behalf. We've seen Him do it before and beloved, He will do it Again, there you go. Verse 7, it talks about his armor bearer. Jonathan needed his armor bearer that day. You know what? We need to be one another's armor bearer. We need to lift one another up. Isn't it good to be together today? His armor bearer comes alongside of him and he, and he says, Jonathan, Johnny, I'm with you. Do all that is in your heart. Earlier this week, or yeah, earlier this week, I, Jason came and encouraged me. It was real simple encouragement. I was, re- I was wrestling with a decision of what to do about something. How many of you have had to make a lot of different decisions lately? A lot of different choices. Can anybody relate? And you know what Jason said to me? It was real simple. Just follow your heart. Man, and that, that, that was like a moment of clarity. I'm like, yeah, buddy, here we go. Hold on. And so in this moment, Jonathan is actually leading from his heart. He's walking in faith. He's leading from his heart. See, your heart is where faith lives. Your heart is where the battle over facts, fear, and faith take place. It all happens right here on the inside. And you know what? We need each other. We need somebody to say, buddy, you can do it. Follow your heart. Just look at your neighbor right now and say, follow your heart. Now tell them you can do it. Now say it like you mean it. Come on now. Follow your heart. No. You can do it, right? Now verse 8. Then Jonathan said, after this amazing advice, he says this, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say to us, wait until we come over to you, then we will stand in our place and not go up to them. That it would be a sign. If they say, wait right there, that's going to be a sign for us to stay. Verse 10, but if they say, come up to us, then we will know, then we will go up. 
For the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign for us. And so here's what Jonathan was doing. He's looking over at his buddy. Okay, look, this is what we're going to do. If they say that they're coming down to us, we know we better get out of here. But if they say come up to us, then that will be a sign to us, man, that the Lord is about to work a mighty victory. Now here's the thing. Jonathan is not playing a game. When he says this, this is actually him practicing humility as checking in with God. And he's not a seer. He's not a hearer. He's not a feeler. He's not any of that. He needed something concrete. How many of you have ever struggled with hearing from God? I don't see enough hands unless you're a prophet. I don't know, right? But Jonathan wanted something concrete. How many of you have ever been in a situation and you didn't know what to do, then all of a sudden you got that phone call? And all of a sudden somebody just showed up. And all of a sudden something just happened. All of a sudden events changed, circumstances happened, and you didn't see it coming. And you know what happens when moments like that come? It eliminates all doubt and it establishes you in faith and you know that God is working something with you. Amen? God is orchestrating events, and it gives empowerment to us. It's like permission and blessing to act. Now hang with me, I'm about to close. Verses 11 through 15. So they get called up, right? So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come on up here, big boy, if you think you got what it takes. And we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. So one sword, Jonathan... And his armor bearer, they climbed up on their hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within about a half acre of land. And so that one battle, that one fight where it was 20 on 2, 10 to 1 odds, They have this amazing battle, and they destroy them all in a half-acre plot. Then verse 15, Then all of a sudden there is a great trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders all also trembled, and the earth quaked. Man, the earth was shouting hallelujah. There was an earthquake, so that it was so very great trembling. So it was ten to one odds. Johnny got his sign. They said, come on up here, big boy. And he's like, man, that's God. I know it's God. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go against all odds. I'm going to face these 10 to 1 odds. Me and my armor bearer are going to take on these 20 guys and because and, the Lord, not because of any strength of his own, not because of his own creativity, not because of his own wherewithal and courage, but because the Lord had handed them over. Many times, going to the front lines is necessary to have great faith. And in this moment, the enemy had the high ground, but Johnny boy, he had the higher ground of faith. 
See, the army at this time had the high ground of, of facts and figures. They were loaded with intimidation. They were, they were a fearful bunch. And now they're on the run. See, God, I believe, is looking for a people that will climb the cliffs of impossible facts. God is looking for a people that would face fear and overcome. You see, this is not just another sermon on faith, but it's meant to be about the confrontation of faith, to fight the good fight of faith. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying to ignore uh, health situations. I'm not saying that. You should be wise. Amen? But here's what overcoming might, might be for you today. I'm not giving in to the fear of being alone. If you're struggling with loneliness in this season, you know what? You need an armor bearer. If you're struggling with loneliness today, I just want to encourage you to get on the phone and call somebody. People may not know you're struggling with being alone. Reach out to somebody that you know, amen? Overcoming for you today can look very diverse. And I don't know what your cliffs are. Maybe your cliffs are overcoming financially. Maybe your cliffs are winning in your marriage. Maybe, maybe your cliffs that you need to climb today may just be simply to stand in belief that God will provide. Does anybody have a cliff today that you're facing? Come on, lift your hands up. Don't be bashful. I can kind of see through the windshields, okay? You got a cliff that you're facing. Well, here in just a moment, I'm, I want to pray for you. I think there's about three, that, three things that the Lord wants to close up with. I really think that the Lord wants to deal with the issue of loneliness. I do believe that that's a real big thing. And then secondly, I think the Lord wants to minister to the knowers. How many of you out there are a knower and not a feeler or hearer or seer? Are there any knowers out here that you just know? You felt judged like you're not spiritual enough. You don't have it quite all together like other people do. I feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you also. And then thirdly, I really believe the Lord wants to impart great faith to rise above chaos, to emerge as a warrior. He's looking for a warrior heart in his people. He's looking for a church that can become agile, mobile, hostile. Amen? And so, if we can, if you could be bold enough, and I don't want to put anybody in a compromised situation, but if you're struggling with loneliness during this season, can I, would you be so bold just to stand where you are? I just want to pray over you. You know, typically we lay hands on one another, but we're going to kind of not do that at this point in time. Thank you for being bold. Anybody else dealing with loneliness? Thank you. Thank you. I just want to pray right now. So just bow your heads and join with me. And if, and if you, this is you, I just want you to open your hands and to receive from the Lord. 
This is what the Lord would say to you. You are never alone. And he says, I will be with you always. And so, Father, I just declare over them right now the richness of relationships. Lord, I pray, Father, that their roots would go even deeper into knowing you. And I pray, Father, right now, Lord, that all of the busyness of the mind that happens when you're lonely, I pray, Father, for peace to come over the lonely mind. And for the racing thoughts and the racing things that go through the mind, I pray, Father, your peace over that. That the anxiety that's felt during a time of loneliness, Lord, I just proclaim peace. And I just come against any demonic assignment that's there to torment a mind. I declare your peace right now over every mind. God, I pray, Father, for just relationships and connection. And I pray, Father, even inside of them, boldness to relate to others. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're a knower, if you've just felt judged because you're not spiritual seer, not a spiritual hearer, not a spiritual whatever, if you've ever felt judged like that and you're a knower, can I just pray over you? Is there any knowers out here? Okay, I see one, two, three, four, five, okay, six, okay, awesome. And so, Lord, I I just speak over them, and I bless them, Lord, to be who they are, how they are. They may not be as spiritual, they, they feel as the next person, but, Father, you are speaking to them. Now, Lord, we acknowledge them and we bless that in them, Lord. Lord, we bless the, the knowers around here that have their intuitions linked up with you, God. And so, Lord, I just bless them right now and, and release them into all that you say that they are and all that you are calling them into, Lord. Everything that's just happening on the inside, Lord, that is of you, God. Lord, we bless that today. We thank you, Father, for them. Lord, any, any voice of accusation, Lord, to just be broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, today I want to just, to close up, I want to pray for a great impartation of faith. And if you can, one more time, I'm just going to ask you to stand. If you can where you're at. And so, Father, we lift our hands and our hearts to you now, Lord. And God, we just ask, Lord, for just a a great deposit of great faith, overcoming faith, Lord, able to stand against adversity, able to be strong, God. Lord, I declare, God, a great faith that that is bold, Lord, that would rise up against all anxiety and all fears, Lord. And what we declare right now, God, that's illegal, Lord, to be anxious. It's illegal to be fearful, God, Lord, that we place our trust in you today, God. Lord, we declare, God, that we want to be that kind of church for your namesake that's agile, hostile, and mobile. God, we want to see your kingdom result come about in a mighty way. 
Lord, we want to be a people, Lord, that hears your voice and responds, Lord. Lord, we want to be a people that sees the big plan, Lord. Lord, we want to be a people that feels and grabs your heart, Lord. We want to be a people that, that just has a, that just knows by intuition that you're up to something good. Lord, today encourage us, Lord, in strength and in passion for your namesake, God. Lord, today, may we have the courage to put your name on our mouth, to say your name in public, to say the name Jesus in public, and to not be afraid. Lord, may we proclaim who you are to the whole community, to all our friends and family. May we just give you, Lord, preeminence in our life. And we thank you, Jesus for the good work of your hand. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for braving the heat. Y'all are amazing. And if y'all, we're going to have uh, uh, right over here for our offertory time. So here's, here's how this works. You, you can give online. Uh, go to our website, hcfseymour.org, and click, click the giving tab. Or you can text 84321. You can give that way, and we should also have um, a box or a bucket out here as you are making your way out that you can drop a tithe in if you want to do it that way. Folks, it's so good to see you. Thank you, everyone, for your help. God bless, and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed day.